Episode 1 of Emma's Stories with Phoebe. I'm Phoebe Brakwawusu, an immigrant from Ghana currently living in the U.S. Today's episode will be focusing on connections. We'll be hearing from immigrants about how they're maintaining their connections to their home countries. These stories will answer the questions of how connection is maintained to your home country, the major differences between who we are in our current countries versus when we go home and how we maintain our sense of self in both places. But before we get started, if you're interested in sharing your story with this podcast, please send an email to iswithphoebe at gmail.com. That's iswithphoebe at gmail.com. Oh, and that's Phoebe without an O. All right, let's get into it. Our first story comes from Neha Raimaji, and she says... All of my family, including my parents, are in Nepal. Some friends from my childhood whom I care about and have maintained friendships with are also there. So I think staying connected to my home country comes naturally. I talk to them pretty regularly. And when or if that's not happening, I still follow their social media and have an idea of the general things happening around them or to them. Okay, let's pause here. Can we just say a thank you to social media? I know that it's been a, what shall I call it, a necessary evil. But y'all know that's how we get the tea. That's how we find out who's doing what, who's going where, who thinks what, who supports who. You know, all the juicy stuff on there. So I just thought I would throw that in there because honestly, that's how I've kept up with a lot of people to see where they're at too. All right, back to our letter. Additionally, I've made some new connections on the internet with folks who are there because of our political alignment or art or something. So my main modes of connection to Nepal are these people I care about and communicate with. I'm also really invested in the art of politics of Nepal. Sorry. I'm really invested in the art and politics of Nepal. So I try my best to stay updated through news portals, pop culture, and more importantly, Nepali Twitter. Let's pause here. Those of us who use Twitter, I'd like to hear our thoughts about these community Twitters that we have created. Black Twitter, Ghana Twitter, Nepal Twitter, like all these different little groups that are on there. Because I can say for, you know, Black Twitter and Ghana Twitter it gets so interesting on there. You know, it's it's pure entertainment, honestly. And I love it. I am here for it. The things that um, come up on there, the discussions that happen. I follow um, Ghana Twitter on Instagram. And some of the tweets that I see, like, I can't help but cackle. And what's also funny about that is, you know, sometimes... Wherever I find myself, if I'm laughing so hard, maybe like I'm at work or with my friends, sometimes I can't really explain it because it's such a cultural experience. And that if you're not Ghanaian or from Ghana or have that experience with Ghanaians, you might not understand it. You might not get it. And so, all right, let's get back to Neha's letter. 
Lastly, maybe because I don't have my biological family here and because I actively try to fight the very problematic politics of forced assimilation, I find myself in a lot of Nepali diaspora spaces. Sometimes it's for political reasons, like organizing mutual aid for Nepali international students during the beginning of COVID-19. And other times it's for personal reasons, <laughs> like eating Momo and dancing. <laughs> and dancing drunk in somebody's apartment to celebrate Nepali holidays. Listen, Neha, I stand, okay? I am living vicariously through you. Of course, most of the time, the personal and the political are interlinked. Also, Nepali diasporic podcasts such as Yo Nepali Life and Pariwartan Kakapauna, which means Imagine the Change, have been helpful. In short, I would say that my connection to my home country is like a long-distance relationship. And that sounds like a very beautiful long-distance relationship because it sounds like from what you're saying that you put some effort into it so that is amazing all right moving on to the next part of this letter which is addressing the major difference between who you are in your current country and who you are when you go home neha says as someone who thinks about identity and politics i see myself as a person who wears and not by choice two sets of cloaks in these two countries in nepal i have caste privilege and grew up with the luxuries of upper middle class background there are very few times I was or am otherized. Here, that's here in America, it's the opposite. I am hyphenated. I have an accent. I have an unusual name. And it's as if each layer of me is foreign and sometimes unwelcome here. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, as immigrants, we're literally given alien numbers. We are aliens. I'm an alien. That's true. At one point in my life, I actually had an alien number. And yet, sometimes that becomes my superpower. The cloak that gives me a sense of freedom to build my own world bottom-up. At the same time, the cloak of comfort I get to wear in the Nepali context gives me a portal to heal and to be strong and to collect the strength I can to survive here and thrive everywhere. At 31, I can also proudly say that I do feel a deep sense of self in both places. Like I mentioned earlier, it's the same me, but wearing two different clothes. How? I think years of therapy. Amen to therapy. Hello. Faith in a higher power. Never-ending self-reflection. Works of artists and writers and scholars who wear or are also invested in this journey. Brilliant people I get to call my friends and build community with. And also a consistent curiosity and sincere commitment to living a very intentional and authentic life. That is amazing. The list is long and it keeps on growing as I continue on this path. It becomes easier. So who is Neha connected to back home? Neha says, I would like to say my parents, but I don't talk to them as much as other immigrants I know um, who have parents in their home countries. But I guess I also love the fact that they have found life and healthy partnership in their 50s and don't need me to consistently, or constantly, I mean, give them a sense of self, explanations or anything. We communicate when we want to and not because we have to. Even when I'm not talking to them, I make sure I know about their whereabouts. 
I'm an only child and I'm a daughter. That is a combination not very common in Nepal, especially back then when they had me. So sometimes I get worried about them. Social media has helped. Also, as I mentioned earlier, I also stay connected with my friends and activists who are doing some amazing work back home and um, work that aligns with my own politics and values. Why? Because they're amazing people. Some of the nicest, the most brilliant folks I've come across. And I choose to stay connected. It would be a loss for me to not do so. Thank you so much for this letter, Neha. Next up, we have words from Grace Kalala. Grace says, My only connection to my home country is through the few childhood friends of mine that are still there or that have gone back home to Congo after college and through social media. It's how I stay in the know when it comes to current events and pop culture. I left Congo when I was 11, and I was too young to have really created a very strong bond with anybody. If it weren't for social media, I wouldn't recognize Congo today. I think that's right for a lot of us. When it comes to um, the differences between who she is here in the U.S. versus who she is in the Congo, Grace says, I don't know that there is much of a difference. I think in both countries, I am a stranger of sorts. When I speak English, I have a slight accent and people always wonder where I'm from. Uh, let's pause here. I just want to throw in here that English is not my first language. So as you listen to this podcast, I hope that you can give me some grace, especially, oh yeah, pun intended, right? See the letters from Grace and I'm asking for grace. See what I did there. And especially because... The American way of pronouncing words is not universal. And so even for me, I've felt very conscious of how I say certain English words. And, um, you know, even all the way through grad school, there's certain words that I would avoid saying because people would make fun of me or they thought it was cute. And I'm just like, but this is just the way I talk. So words like adolescent. I struggled with saying for a very long time because I grew up saying adolescent. And I know that this is something that is very relatable to a lot of immigrants where we come to America and we're forced to um, change the way we say words, words that we have said for all our lives. And we come and we have to, you know, unlearn. And one of the things that I've struggled with, let me not use the word struggle. One of the things that I found annoying is when people know exactly what you're saying and they act like they don't and they they make you repeat it just so they can hear it. Oh my gosh, that grinds my gears. Anyway, let's move back to Grace's letter. When I go home and I speak either French, Lingala or Swahili, I also have a slight accent or I'm not up on the latest slangs. And if it weren't for my name and the childhood friends that are still there, strangers would ask where I'm from. In many ways, I've always felt like I truly didn't have roots in either place. As an adult, I've always felt like I embody the term African-American, strictly by the words used. I'm African and I am American. All of my childhood, sorry, all of my adulthood and coming of age moments happened in the U.S. as an American. Congo birthed me and America taught me how to live. Yo, you should put that on a t-shirt. I like that. Congo birthed me and America taught me how to live. My experience is very different from most Black Americans, particularly when it comes to family dynamics. But my experience 
to other Africans and particularly Congolese is also different for, because for many, they left home after high school and experienced a different side of Congo that I never did. Even in conversation, I always find myself adapting to my surroundings by my accent so I do not stick out too much. So in many ways, this has very much led to me being an observer in either group and keeping quiet, and that is how I maintain my truest sense of self. When it comes to who she's most connected to, Grace says, I am most connected to my immediate family because they are the ones who have grounded me. In my experience, the basis of my education as an individual has come from my family. The values that I have in regards to my relationships with others and my work ethic were very much instilled by my family, and I carry that with me every day. I truly believe that it is what distinguishes me, particularly at work. And up until I, until when I started therapy was the major force in my other relationships as well, be it self, friends, romantic, etc. That's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us, Grace. Lastly, we have a letter from Ohinawa who says in regards to connections that I could do better with talking to some of my family members. I keep in touch with them and some of my friends from school, or I try to read up on the news on BBC, etc. Well, can I say something about, about um, BBC? Because when I was growing up, BBC was almost like a status symbol, where if you listen to BBC, you know, you were, you were hip and you were, you know, in the know with international news. Um, BBC and CNN, and um, there was another one. DW, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but like Dochiwele. And um, I probably butchered that. Please forgive me. And so when I saw that, you know, when she said BBC, you know, brought back all these memories of afternoons and evenings sitting behind the TV, watching these news stations and, you know, feeling all good because, you know, you got international news. When we had stations like Peace FM and Joy FM back home, too, that we could also listen to our local um, news stations that we could listen to, uh, watch and listen to also, but you know, he wanted to, to be cool and be abreast with everything happening around the world. All right. Um, Ohinawa says, In my major country, I'm American because I was born here. Majority of my friends are white, so before it was easier to speak in that accent since that's what they understood. But with recent times, I have started switching back and forth to show them my cultural heritage. And also to not be ashamed. Back home, I'm Ghanaian. If I speak with an American accent, it will feel weird. And then there's that elephant in the room that some think you're better or too known. Too known is a Ghanaian term that refers to being a know-it-all. And um, I, I can totally relate to what Ohenua is saying here. Because even for me, sometimes when I go home, it I try not to speak English. I try to speak our local dialects because I don't want to stand out. And I don't want people thinking that, you know, I'm too known. Um, and, and I've come to be, to be okay with that. And sometimes, you know, when, when we go home back, back to Ghana and you're speaking the local languages, people will turn and look at you, like people who know you, be like, you know, why aren't you speaking English? You know, if you've come, Chalei for flex your, your English, you know, give us the slangs. And um, honestly, sometimes it's entertaining for me to, 
to do that for for people you know we we have jokes about that and and talk about you know the different accents and things like that but it's still this way in which you stick out like a sore thumb all right back to the letter in terms of who she's connected to, Ahenua says, I'm most connected to peop- uh, to a couple of my friends from primary and boarding school. They will give me the real issues at Satera without having to keep things to themselves. And I can see the country through their eyes in our age group. And that's really important, too, because who you get the news from will inform the lens through which it's received. Um so who, whoever is sending you the news or giving you the news from back home will send it to you based on the things that interest them. And so there's that. There's always going to be that generational difference. And I think that's what um, Ohenua is talking about here. Thank you for sharing that with us, Ohenua. So I'll share some thoughts here. And, you know, that's going to be the format of the show. We'll have an introduction and we'll share some stories. And then, you know, I'll throw in my... It's not going to be two cents. It's going to be way, way, way more. I'll throw in a couple of dollars, okay? So connection is everything. And, you know, sometimes it can be a lot or it can feel draining. And at the same time, you know, just based on these letters that we've heard today, it can also be very fulfilling. So you hear from our letters that there's a variation to what connections look like. And I think that the big thing here is meaningful connections. So for someone like me, my entire nuclear family is here with me in the U.S. And so in some ways, I feel like my connection meter to Ghana has reduced drastically. But, you know, I've, I've maintained some over the years. And I can't say that I've done very well in the past with them. But I have friends from, you know, high school, elementary school, middle school that I still chat with at, at home periodically. And maintaining connections might seem easier these days with all the different avenues that we have. You know, WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. But another thing that I've noticed is that it leaves room for a lot of superficial connections. And when it comes to connections, it's about authenticity. And without authenticity, you know, it leads to who we show up as when we go home. So if you're able to maintain meaningful connections to home, it's easier to to go home and be yourself because, you know, what they see is what they get. You know, the same person they've been talking to on WhatsApp all these months is who they, they get when you when you go home. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about the topic of, of identity in later um, episodes. But I'll say this, being being authentic can be hard. Let's be honest. It can be difficult. When you immigrate from your home country, the assimilation process into your new culture can cause parts of who you used to be to to diminish. And sometimes you find that who you were back home is not who you necessarily are now because, you know, of course, you get older, life experiences and things like that. And folks back home, sometimes they, they get stuck with that box that they place you in and or the box that they had you back in because, you know, they saw you in this way and then you leave. And sometimes you you go back home and they see that that box they put you in, you don't necessarily fit in that anymore. And sometimes they don't know what to do with you when you go back home. Remember, that's not on you. That's not about you. That's on them. And you have every right to evolve into whoever you want to be. So if you find that maintaining those connections back home 
it's harder for you or sometimes maybe even traumatic depending on the note on which you left home you're welcome to do what works for you whether that means you cut back on those connections or decrease the intensity of those connections whatever you do it's okay you know like my friend says do you boo boo whatever you need to do to maintain your sanity whatever you need to do to protect yourself i i encourage you to do that and if you find that who you are here does not really fit with who you are back home and you still want to maintain that connection to back home i think that that's a place where you have to do some work and you can do some of that work in therapy or you know through some personal growth introspection um whatever works for you all right y'all i hope you've enjoyed this first episode of emmy stories with phoebe share this with a friend send it to you know your whatsapp aunties and uncles beat them at their game okay before they forward you those videos and those chain messages that if you don't <laughs> if you don't send to five people you're not going to be blessed and all that listen your blessing is not tied to a whatsapp message okay all right so with that i say see you later it's been your host phoebe brackle with